0: This is the Marsh and Matt Show with Marshall Kellner and Matt Gallivan. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Marsh and Matt Show. I'm Marshall Kellner here with Matt Gallivan. And a special guest this week is Joe Spinoza. He is uh, an elite football mind, uh, at Real Joe Spinoza on Twitter. In addition, uh, he's Kirk Cousins' number one fan. We'll break down Kirk. We'll break down the Vikings. Joe has watched every snap, um, unfortunately, so far of the, of the Vikings season. And uh, as Matt and I have as well, I've been at uh, two of the three losses, uh, the two home games. So, yeah, we can talk about all that and, and much more. But, uh, but Joe, first of all, welcome back to the show.
1: Good to have you again. Thanks for having me. Uh, it's good therapy for uh this really frustrating start of the season. It is.
0: It is. Always good to have you. Um, I, I just want to start off right away with something that's just been eating at me since, since this Chargers game. And, you know, when you look back at the Kevin O'Connell era so far, of all the wins the Vikings have had, and, and most of the losses, quite frankly, but all the wins, they have one blowout win. And by blowout, not not even blowout, by blowout, I mean more than one score. One, one win by more than one score, and that was the first game against Green Bay. And last year, it, I, I'm tired of hearing this talking point about, oh, last year they won all the close games, and this year it's just evening out. And, okay, sure, if you play that many close games, there are going to be bounces that go against you. Although I don't think it was all luck. Last year, I don't think it's all bad luck this year. They, they made some of their own luck, thanks to your boy Kirk Cousins in large part last year. And he's playing elite this year, but some bounces aren't going their way. But you are permitted to blow out a team. And my pet peeve right now is the way this offense is constructed, the way they're executing, obviously the turnovers playing a big role as well. They should have blown out Tampa Bay and the Chargers. To to the point where, yeah, if you catch a few bad bounces, they're not going to lose you the game. But right now, they're, they are so insistent on playing these close games where it comes down to a, a Caleb Evans missed interception that pops into the hands of the receiver for the touchdown. It comes down to Hawkinson dropping a pass that doesn't go to the ground, but of course bounces two times in the air into the arms of an waiting charger. It pisses me off how they cannot blow out anybody. They took two third and four sacks this last game. Third and four sacks because they don't have any short outlet routes. I threw a lot out there. But the bottom line is, why can't they just blow somebody out with the talent they have? That's what's pissing me off
1: right now. Uh, The truth is you're not going to want to hear this. It's not a good football team. It's not. It's a very poor Football team that's poorly constructed, mediocrely coached, that has a few great players that you really like. Uh, But that's the truth. You can't win when you have, you know, let's just say three, four guys on offense and one guy on defense. Um, It's the worst defensive roster in football save for the Arizona Cardinals. Can't think of a worse defensive roster in football. And then the offense... It's Kirk and Jefferson and Addison is what he plays is good, but you still have KJ Osborne taking up, you know, playing 95% of the snaps. Pretty much every two wide receiver set has KJ Osborne out there. He is the worst wide receiver two in the league because he is the Vikings wide receiver two, whether you like it or not. That's what the snap counts say. That's the personnel grouping say they have the worst wide receiver two in the league. They have a vastly overrated tight end. He is a slightly above average tight end who is getting paid way too much money. They have a bad interior O-line, and they have no defense. So they are what they, they – their record – you know, they're not an and 3 team. They're not that bad, but they're not good. They're a 500 team. That's what they were the last few years under Zimmer when the defense fell off. Last year they were very lucky. Maybe they had a light schedule. They were a 9-10 win team, but that's it. Like it, I get why it's frustrating, and you see the great quarterback, the best receiver in football, the great tackles the great pass rusher, but that's it. You got to be, you know, 15, 20 guys deep in the NFL. They're just not.
2: So Joe, digging into that, a lot of people would say, you know, or the critics of especially curve would try and say, well, there are all these holes on the roster because there isn't enough money being invested in these other positions and there's too much money invested in. So why you know how what do you attribute the all the holes in the roster to how much of it is not parting ways with people you know earlier uh how much of it is you know signing the wrong guys drafting bad guys versus how much of it is they've got salary locked up in you know people that shouldn't have salary uh as high locked up
1: i mean the, the whole kirk thing uh not to like make this all about Kirk's money, but it feels like people are really stuck in 2018 when Kirk was like one of the five highest paid quarterbacks. Um, And the whole thing was like the guaranteed money and stuff. Kirk talked about this on like a podcast and like, it's pretty common. knowledge. like the first deal, which is like three years since expired, uh, the three year, $84 million deal. It was pretty commonplace. It's just, instead of having a five or six plus year deal that had the first few years guaranteed, he just took the three years. And then he sent a one-year extension. What deal is it? If you're a one-year deal, what one-year deal isn't going to be guaranteed? Unless you're a bottom-of-the-roster guy. So, and even if you want to go by AAV, his salary is like 15th in the league. He's making less than Daniel Jones. And, you know, Derek Carr, he's making less than, you know, even if you want to I think Kirk's better. But if you want to say like the Matthew Staffords, the Dak Prescotts, like the guys who are like in his tier, he's still making less than they are. So it's not that. I would say, if I'll, I'll this is a rhetorical question kind of. Who is the best defensive player the Vikings have drafted since Daniil Hunter in 2015 Boom. when I was a sophomore in high school? i four years old.
0: No, that that right there, I was about to interrupt in the middle of Matt's well, question because that's me, exactly what I was gonna say. They haven't the, the defensive you could maybe say a Caleb Evans might develop into a decent defensive player. That that is like the best defensive Ivan Pace was undrafted he might be the most impactful defensive player they've added since Daniel Hunt. I mean, it's ridiculous. And that, this is- that's what built the Vikings to being a really good team under Zimmer before Teddy blew out his knee. In 2017, when they went to the NFC title game, they had the best defense in the league in every single category. And those were largely homegrown drafted players from anywhere from 2011 to 2015. Since, under Spielman and now Quasey. That has been the issue. They've drafted some very good offensive players, most notably Jefferson and others. Derisaw, O'Neal. I mean, maybe the best tackle combo in the league, but man, defensively, they've not done
2: it, and it's showing. This is where I troll Marshall a little bit and say, it should have been Kyle Hamilton, but instead (laughs) traded back to to go with scene uh who appears to be a bust i know he's obviously had the bad injury and to get more capital that you know has not turned out but i think it's a good point
1: that that 22 draft is a crime against humanity i'll say it it is it was criminal um he burnt an entire draft class to the ground and it's not coming back
0: and that's his first draft class and by the way in that draft The Vikings have been a pretty competitive team over the course of their franchise history in the regular season. They don't get the 12th pick very often. They're not that bad very often. So to blow that, um, you know, Louis Cien seems like a great guy. But, I mean, it just is not working out. And it
1: might – we
0: don't know what would have happened. Oh, no, we do. No, no, I promise. Theo
1: Theo Jackson is getting – it was one thing. Last year, Harrison Smith was out against Detroit. Lewis seen, everyone talked about him. The reason, cause I, you know, Kyle Hamilton obviously would have been great. I was a big proponent of Jamison Williams because I saw, you know, the writing on the wall with Dillon and I always knew KJ Osborne was not a wide receiver too. So I'm like, it's okay. You know, even if you red shirt and like this guy pre ACL was the best receiver prospect of the draft. Um, but the reason that you go and you trade back and, and you get these guys, is cause you want impact players. When he was fully healthy, people said, Oh, Lewis seen great Georgia defense, smart player, you know, could make an Im- immediate impact. Harrison Smith misses week three. You play Josh Metellus over him. Like he didn't. He, not only did you play Josh He's been Metellus doing
0: it before the injury,
1: he, did, he didn't see the field. It wasn't even like, oh, you, you have to like some special dime package just for him. No, you did not want him on the field. And now, like Dio Jackson, like I saw reports. Like I don't want to equate myself to these athletes, but I had like pretty much the same exact break playing basketball. Like when I was a freshman in college, like you're you're physically fine. You know, he was 22 years old when he broke his leg. You know, that's not a reason to be fifth string behind not just Smith and Bynum and Metellus, but Theo Jackson, who was poached off the Tennessee Titans practice squad. He is a bust. He's not going to play. He will never make an impact. Neither will Andrew Booth. Neither should Ed Ingram. He should not be on the field. Neither, neither will Brian Osomoa. Like, Brian Osomoa, at best will be a, you know, third down coverage linebacker. But even then, highly unlikely. Like th- that draft. Was
0: Evans a- is the only Evans is the only one.
2: Um, and I do I do think he has, <laughs> but sure. that's it. But and let's be clear, Marshall. Though I mean, we hope it doesn't. You know, we don't deal with this. But Evans has had his injury issues and is you know another concussion away from you know who knows you know about how much he can stay on the field. So yeah, yeah, and
0: the Andrew Booth one. I mean, that to me is the worst one. Because he had injury issues going back to high school, if not earlier. I, I mean, the guy's never been healthy. So, and he had, I think, one interception at Clemson. So, yeah, that was that was a real real bad one. But I, I want to go back to what we were talking about at the top, though. Um, because the the turnovers are crazy. They have nine of them. They're minus seven in the uh in the take-give, and they've lost, I think by a combined like 13 points. So minus seven, their their turnover differential is almost as much as their point differential. That's just ast- astonishing. Um, they cannot hang on to the ball right now. But I mean, what would you say? Joe, I called Joe uh, on my way home from the last game. I'm so mad because, uh, and we were mainly talking about this third and short play calling from Kevin O'Connell. It's not first and second down normally is okay. And and the game plan going in to last week, Paul Allen nailed it on KFAN all week. He was saying the Chargers had gotten beat over the top. They had gotten beat over the top their first two games. They were not going to get beat over the top. They left two safeties back all game. And if you were going to run, this was the game to do it. Well, the Vikings ran. They ran like their first five, six plays. O'Connell came out with a good game plan. But then to take two third and four sacks, coverage sacks, there was good pass protection on both of those plays. And there's no short routes on these third and shorts or fourth and shorts. We're throwing bombs rather than just trying to keep the chains moving, keeping a struggling defense off the field. And this offense should have scored 40 on that horrendous Chargers defense. That was so frustrating. What is with these these
1: play calls? i I don't think Kevin O'Connell's a very good play caller I think he's he's very poor you go back to last year and i I thought dalvin cook was washed I think he is washed and we could pin a lot of that on dalvin cook but a lot of it is just you know, he he does not design a good run game and I think you know the Vikings finally looked solid on the ground save for like the five almost fumbles um but I think a lot of that had to do with the Chargers having a very very porous you know defensive line like Austin Johnson, the, the corpse of um, Sebastian Joseph Day. Like, we're, we're talking, you know, pretty thin there. You know, Khalil Mack and Bosa, you know, great pass rushers, but, you know, we're not great, great in the run game anymore. And they're linebackers or, you know, young guys because Kendricks was out. So I think that was, you know, we'll see if the run game is actually good, but uh, he can't design a run game. So that's really bad for, you know, third and short. And then his route concepts are not very good. And um, I think a lot of it comes down to, you know, you can't just keep putting KJ Osborne out there. Like he, I know he had that one catch. That was his only catch of the game. He is like one uh, going into last week. He was PFS worst graded. I think now he's like third or fourth worst out of like a hundred receivers. He, the guy can't create separation. He has no special skill set He doesn't even have good hands. He's not fast. He's kind of built, but he's also like five foot 10. Um, there's nothing there um again he's a nice guy he like saves someone from like a burning car crash like you know honor him keep him on the roster but like he should not be getting snaps over jordan addison that's criminal
0: by the way that one that touchdown he scored against the chargers it was a perfect pass by kirk that led him it was a nice finish i'll give him that but he if you look how he was carrying the ball with his left hand just like Lucy Goosey <laughs> hanging it out there for anyone to strip. It, it's un, it's like ball security was preached all week, and then you had Hawkinson on the first try. And by the way, the atmosphere in there was electric against the Chargers, much more so than the Bucs game, even though it was Week One. I think the Vikings fans kind of sensed this urgency that they needed to win that game, and A bit the, crowd, too much. the crowd was great. Um, but I mean until the. But, you know,
1: we we
0: can talk about that another time. Anyway, they get the three and out. Hawkins, they're marching it down the field. Hawkinson gets the first down and he's like fighting for extra yardage with three or four guys around him. I mean, like, it's like what was preached all week just went out the window. Madison, luckily, didn't fumble. I mean, you had other other fum. I mean, it was that was atrocious. But I mean, I did. So you you kind of touched on it, but I wanted to ask: biggest thing you would change on each side of the ball? You kind of hinted at getting Addison on the field in the two wide receiver sets. If that's it, great. You can expand on that. But what would you change defensively too? Um, I have an answer, but go ahead.
1: So you know, in the opening, you said I watched every snap. So I've actually watched like every snap like three or four times over because I, I go back and I chart every game to like get personnel groupings and stuff like that. That's like my oh, nerd hobby. Um, so like, I'm, I'm really like going back and rewatching everything and on defense, um, th- the best way I describe it is like, you, have it's like a boxing match and you know, you're clearly outmatched. So you're just throwing haymakers. Cause you know, you, you, you just don't stand a chance. Like technically you're going to get absolutely demolished, you know? So you'd rather just, you know, just go out there and send everything. There's no answer it's personnel and you're not going to fix your personnel right now to a degree. Like you need totally different starters, like pretty much everywhere all along the defensive line. Patrick Jones and DJ Wanham are like, I would say they're they're the edge equivalents of KJ Osborne. Just like they should not be on the field other than like, you know, as like a third or fourth, you know, pass rusher, slash receiver, or whatever. Like there's just no personnel. I think, but Brian Flores is doing his best. He's throwing his haymakers, trying to create volatility, trying to just send this pressure. But they're they're sending six and seven guys and they're still not getting home. Think about how bad that is. It's the same thing, like do with Daniel Hunter. Same thing with Jefferson last year. You just double, triple him, do whatever you can to make sure that he doesn't disrupt you. And you know that, like, Wanam and Patrick Jones, in the same way that KJ Osborne and Adam Thielen, are not going to win their one on one matchups. So there's nothing you can do. There's just no, not enough talent. It's just not there.
2: So, Joe, if, if given, if we accept the premise that there's not enough talent, that this team, whether they are a 500 team, as you said, or worse, but let's just assume that. They're not going anywhere. Where does this team, or where do the Vikings as an organization go from here? I know that's getting out a little bit ahead of ourselves, but you do have to think about it with the rest of the season and the moves, the moves you do or do not make. Um, But, you know, what are the considerations? If if you were Joe, the GM, what, what do you do?
1: So, I think like, um, you have a, a solid foundation just when you have quarterback, the receivers and the tackles, like the, the bare bones of the offense is there. Um, I just think that your GM messed up so badly and he punted away essentially like how many, however many picks he had, like 12, 13 picks the past few drafts punted away, like pretty much everyone except one in Addison, which he didn't even want to take. and he needed like Kevin O'Connell to like force him to, um, in ter- like I'm just going to set like this right now, like Kirk's not getting traded. Um, he has no trade clause. He will not accept a trade to the jets. I, I haven't talked to him, uh, but uh, that's Aaron Rodgers' team, Kirk his you know, his kids are getting older. I'm pretty sure like their school age. Now he's not going to want to go move, send his kids to a different school or do whatever, you know, make all these accommodations knowing that he's going to have to leave again because the jets are not moving on from Aaron Rodgers, Um, even if they wanted to, like who's going to trade for Aaron Rodgers coming off of torn Achilles. Like, so Kirk, I don't think Kirk is going to be like, yeah, I'm going to go in New York and do this with my family. So he's not getting traded. I, I, you know, I don't, you know, there's no other team who's going to like go and make a wholesale move to completely uproot their team and get a new quarterback, you know, at this time. So he's going to be on the team. And in terms of going forward, I mean, you guys know me, I'm I'm a Kirk fan and I want, I want Kirk to leave. um, And then, it's kind of just like good luck to you because uh, you guys kind of have a mess on your hands. You know, you pay Jefferson whatever he wants. You try to draft a quarterback. Good luck there because you're not going to be picking in the top five. I still think this team wins seven. They could they could still win nine games and make the playoffs. You know, you wouldn't go further than like the first round. Maybe you make the divisional like if you get a favorable matchup against like a, whoever wins the uh, NFC South. Yeah. Um, but you probably are getting the seventh seed, meaning you're playing the two seed, which is you know San Fran or Philly, and you're cooked. So like, I don't know. Maybe, honestly,
2: we only go somewhere uh, uh, under your analysis if Kirk and Jefferson and Addison basically score every single drive, and that you yeah. would get one possession on the other team.
1: Exactly. That's 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 pretty much it. Or like you just again like you could maybe upset one team. Because, like, Flores, you know, just creates so much volatility, sending, like, seven, eight guys through the kitchen sink. Hope that, like, a Brock Purdy or a Jalen Hurts, who, you know, are still young and I don't think are great, great passers, you know, give you a turnover or two and and you win. But, like, you're not going to go and march through, especially on the road. You know, you're not going to march through Philly, San Fran, and Dallas. You know, you you can maybe upset one if you're lucky, but, like, you're not, you know, not enough to, like, make a conference title game. So, I don't know. Um, It's really – it kind of is, you know, daunting – And then just, like, you know, the whole, like, people talk about, like, the Kirk salary, this, this, and that. You know, I think, like, I think you're nuts if you don't think he's a top 10 quarterback. I think he's better than that, but, like, whatever. If you just, so you have Kirk top 10 quarterback. Jefferson the best receiver. Jefferson on, like, a rookie deal. Kirk making, like, slightly above mid-tier quarterback money, 35 mil. You're paying 40 million total for those two. How is swapping out, so now Jefferson's going to be the guy making 35. So you're going to need like a not just an upgrade, but like a big upgrade to actually make a difference because you're still having the same expenditure on your QB wide receiver duo. You're not like whatever money gets offset by losing Kirk, A, it's not going to be next year because you're getting saddled with a $28.5 million dead cap hit. B, it's going to really be offset by the Jefferson contract kicking in. So your, your quarterback receiver duo is the same cost. You're, you're going to run into the same problem. And that's like, if you end up drafting a guy who is a top 10 quarterback out of the gate, which is highly unlikely. Also,
0: also, our, I think we're jumping a step ahead in assuming that Jefferson is going to sign the contract. The, why didn't the deal get done before the season? I mean, they know what he's worth. They know he's the best receiver in the game. I would not be shocked if he wants some certainty at quarterback and they, they certainly have a plan. I mean, Quasey they they've got to have a plan, right? No. No. I, I, we, we can't see it. But I, no. I would imagine they have some plan. I, I would hope. I don't think so. I, 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 I really don't think so. They have I mean, no- you don't think behind the scenes they're at least they're they've at least identified somebody outside of a Caleb Williams or Drake May who they have their eye on. You don't think so?
1: I, I I think like maybe they have like some vague idea of names,
0: but like I'm not saying this is a good plan. K- K- no, K- no,
1: no, I'm just
2: very that. clear. I I, I, I think I, all of us would prefer keeping Kirk. If I think if we're an, I think a, in, we're in a, I I think we're all in agreement that the plan in quotations is draft a young guy, hope he's good, and I guess be willing to. Take a step back next year, you know, in the hope that it works out. But beyond that, yeah, you know, I, I, I don't. And, and to Joe's point, like the interaction with the dead cap and all, like uh, there, it does not seem like it, it does not seem well thought out. So, well, just think, just
0: think of just think of it like this: you have a top ten player at his position. That, like Joe said, probably better. But let's just be fair top 10 okay how do you have how do you go into the season without that guy signed like that's baffling to me when a guy who still has several more good years you go into the season with him unsigned because you're obsessed with this idea of a rookie QB deal but yet just like you said and we've talked about this ad nauseum Matt and I and I think Joe we talked about it last time you were on they're not going to be bad enough to get into that position. And if they are, you know, say around 15, 20 and want to try to make a move up a good luck moving past the bears who have two high picks or, and the Cardinals who have two high picks and both will probably need quarterbacks. Good luck moving past them. But even if you did, you'd be giving up several first rounders down the line to put around this new uh, QB. So, like, Caleb Williams is great, but he's going to need talent around him. the The whole thing is very worrisome as a Vikings fan right now because they're about to give up a phenomenal quarterback who's thrown every single pass to the best receiver in football through his career so far.
1: Yeah, it's um, it's definitely not a great situation, and just like asset mismanagement, losing him for nothing, and you know, taking that dead cap it. Daniil Hunter, as is, is a $15 million dead cap hit. He's on pace for a ton of sacks, so that could be up to $18 million. Um, Marcus Davenport, not going to make this like a a quasi bashing totally thing, but moving on from Zadarius and signing Marcus Davenport, um, that's going to leave him
0: free to play. He's free to play anytime.
1: (laughs) That's that's a a $7 million dead cap hit next year. Um, It's like you're not like you'll have money because you can always move it around but it's like you're just not in a great situation and it really has just been Kirk and Jefferson go bail us out because those guys are that great um and like Jefferson's gonna be great no matter what but I don't know I wonder how he's gonna be because you're probably not gonna be winning anytime soon and definitely not like more than this like your best case scenario is you draft someone and he can get you to 500 um so how's it gonna feel when like you're probably not even winning as much as he is now instead of putting up like close to 2000 yards. Like if he's with someone who's like a mediocre passer, like he'll still be great. But like, is he going to be okay with 1300 yards? I don't know. He's also not going to be okay with losing. That guy was used to winning
0: coming into the NFL. That guy. Yeah. He wants his money, but he wants to win.
2: So Joe, I want to build off that a little bit. What is your take on the importance of a mobile quarterback and the movement call it the like look at how awesome Patrick Mahomes is and all of what he can do look at what Jalen Hurts maybe did last year you know and because if I want to give him the benefit the Vikings the benefit of the doubt for the second beyond you know maybe the age factor or you know it is Kirk is one-dimensional he's an unbelievable accurate quarterback but he doesn't have the the dual dimension of being mobile but what is your – when you look at all the film and, and look at these different guys, how important is that mobile element, um, you know, and, and trying to go find a – you know, you're not going to get a Caleb Williams, but a uh, Michael Penix or someone who, who supposedly has that that dual threat capability.
1: Um, I just like – first thing I got to say is like talking about Patrick Mahomes, it's like talking about, you know – a unicorn like he is the best quarterback ever uh not not to say the greatest because you know greatness involves you know the the whole body of work but just on the field like he's one of one so yeah like Mahomes is like everything that you'd want and then in terms of like Jalen hurts like that team is so stacked you know even in terms of like his touchdowns he only had 22 passing last year he had 10 rushing over half of them i actually looked at exactly how many were it's like five or six um were on the double cheek push which you know, he squats 600 pounds, but a lot of that is on the line, um, you know, and having the best O-line in football. So I don't think it hurts on this team. I think they're worse. (laughs) Um, I I don't think that Jalen Hurts is a better quarterback than Kirk. I haven't watched enough of these quarterbacks this year um, to have an opinion. You know, I'm not really, that's not really like my concern per se. Um, But if you want a mobile quarterback, fine. Um, If anything, mobile quarterbacks are more O-line dependent than pocket passers. The thing is like pocket passers actually need the receivers more. And as long as, like, they're more interior protection dependent, like, a lot of these mobile quarterbacks, like, run into their own pressure. Like, they need lines. You know, maybe they can, like, their mobile, their mobility actually bails out receivers to, you know, go around, find space, find soft spots and zones. Doesn't bail out the O-line as much. So, um, I don't know. If you want that, fine. But I don't think it's, like, super necessary. But, again, that's, like, that might be my bias since, obviously, like, Kirk Cousins is my favorite player. And I grew up watching Tom Brady. But, like, I don't know. Um Man, look. Uh, people say the second best quarterback is Joe Burrow, <laughs> and he's like not very mobile at all. Um, Justin Herbert's like mobile-ish, but he's a pocket passer. It's like you got to have that pocket element first, and then everything else is great.
0: As Justin Fields is learning.
2: Um, <laughs> that that, that Arthur, is... I just I just have to say, uh, I told you that from the beginning of the season. Oh, that I he, uh, I not oh. disagree with you. You can ask
0: the two Bears fans I'm in a group chat with who were one of them was saying before, I think bear, these two guys are making me have the bears as my least favorite team. I mean, it's unbearable. Uh, no pun intended. The, they were, one of them was saying fields was an MVP candidate before the year based off what exactly. I don't know. He said the bears were going to have double digit wins and possibly win the division. So <laughs> I mean, this is how delusional there. And, and this is not out of the ordinary from what I hear about bears fans. They were all up on Justin Fields.
2: So we, it won't, get you know, go off track here, but there are a number of sports commentators that were talking out of their ass, uh, yes. you know, similar things that, you know, lazy journalism that don't know what they're talking about, but
0: yes. Last, last question I have for Joe. And then, then we'll have to go. Um, just, broad just broad big picture um nfl because we've talked enough vikings and it's making me depressed based on these responses so big picture nfl who do you like so far through you know almost four weeks who are you liking in each conference
1: so like liking is in terms of like they're exceeding my expectations or like i like the super bowl teams yeah yeah but like super bowl picks sure. sure um I i don't like to change up too much. So, I mean, like, Chiefs are always you know, kind of they're, – they're the default. They're the, the, they're the Patriots of our time. So, you didn't know for sure whether they were going to, like, make or win the Super Bowl, but you knew they'd be in the conference title game. So – and I had – actually, I picked the Jets preseason. Hmm. That's not happening now. So, I, I guess, you know, going to go back to square one, go with the Chiefs because the Bengals and Bills are all flawed and all that. And then in the NFC, I got to go with Philly – um Dallas actually actually no I'm gonna go with Dallas I know they they lost against Arizona but that defense I think is still really good and um outside of Kirk Dak is I think the clear second best quarterback in the conference Mm, hot take there over Hurts I I don't know why that's hot Jalen Hurts had one good year like with a literal super team best O-line top three receiving corps great system everything's handed to him and like his numbers were nice but they weren't like Otherworldly, it's not like oh wow, we hadn't seen that before. Half of his rushing protection was from the double cheek push. Like, he's fine, he's a good quarterback, he's not bad, he's you know, fringe top 10. But, like, I, I don't know, I think the Dax- Dallas',
0: Dallas is
2: defense, You're yeah, Dallas's defense is
1: great, their O line yeah. is good, like, they got weapons.
2: Uh, in 15 seconds, Joe, team is Kirk quarterbacking for next year?
1: Atlanta Falcons. That's my pick.
2: Ooh, that play action game with
0: Bijan Robinson would be unbelievable oh, man uh, and, and they
1: could and they should sign to Neil Hunter as well they have so much money they need
0: they do they do they I don't know go. if Arthur Smith is the answer but maybe um actually I'm gonna throw one more curveball at you because we have more time on the zoom recording you you like baseball too yeah the the Vikings talk has depressed me so. Give us some hope that this Twins playoff losing streak will end, or even that they could win a series. If that is, if they don't run into Houston, is there any is there any optimism in Minnesota for something other than the Vikings? And that have to be the Twins playoffs right now,
1: next week. I'm not gonna lie, this Red Sox season and the second half collapse is like pretty much taken me out of the uh, baseball you know loop. Um, I'm looking at so. You would play, I would assume. Oh, you, wait you, right
0: now you, it's Houston, but it could yeah. it could very well be Toronto or Seattle too.
1: Yeah, again, it, it's baseball. Anything? How's Joe Ryan pitch? Because I, I remember he was really good to start the year, and then I saw his ERA was at four. Is it like one of those like Spencer Strider things, where like he's pitching better than his ERA suggests?
0: He he was out a little bit with an injury, and he came back. He's been decent since he returned. I think he had almost ten strikeouts his last his last outing, but Pablo Lopez and Sonny Gray are solid one, too. Um, we'll see. I, I actually have much more hope into this series than I have in a long time um, because of a guy named Royce Lewis um, in the lineup. If he can, he's coming back from a hamstring. Um, but their bullpen is shaky, but they it's it's getting deeper because they have some guys coming back and starters going into the pen. And then they have Lopez and Gray at the top. So, if that was
1: don't... a great trade, and I and I know you were an Arias guy. You're you're kind of an old school baseball guy. You you like batting average. Well, level. I
0: covered Arias, too. I'm by bi- I'm biased. I'm biased, but
1: um, I I liked Pablo a lot. He was the guy I wanted the Red Sox to get for a while. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm looking at the numbers now again. Sorry, I have not been following baseball as much. No, this no, no, no. I, I
0: I'm looking at this two hundred thirty
1: four strikeouts and in one hundred ninety four innings. That is that's quite impressive. It's Sunny Gray. Wow, two seven nine. Yeah, Yeah. Th- that I great pitcher just couldn't seem to handle new york you know it was great in um oakland goes to new york it was pretty good in uh Cincy and now minnesota i don't know again it, it's baseball so you it's you, baseball you, so they shouldn't have lost
0: 18 in a row since 2004 <laughs> but then again it's happened
1: i don't know minnesota you guys hey listen how about you um, in basketball trade Anthony Edwards to the Celtics? No, no, Justin no. Jefferson we did here. We gave you. We, we, a- we repeat 2007, and you guys can become honorary Boston sports fans.
0: Um, I'm happy for Kevin Garnett and David Ortiz, but oh. but no, yeah. And Randy that, Moss, not directly
1: really from Minnesota, but you know Randy Moss you know, also had his best season. But Ant United. will
0: Ant will remain here. Sorry.
2: <laughs> I. Joe, I couldn't do that because – so as we've talked about before, my wife is uh, a Boston sports fan. And so every time we watch sports and you know my, our Minnesota teams start collapsing or behind, she says, it's okay. They can come back, and I have to <laughs> – no our teams don't do that now we don't we don't have tom brady that j- just can you know magically make things come back or you know we're not the red sox and go in and win a bunch of world series as of late you know so uh i think uh doubling down on that further uh would uh would not be good for my mental health
0: no no we're out of time we're out of time uh I rambled too oh, much. This I'm was sorry. good. This was good for my enjoyment. I don't know about my mental health, but it is always fun having Joe on. Thank you so much for coming on. Oh, Thank it. you. All right. That's Joe Spinoza. Follow him on Twitter, at real Joe Spinoza for, uh, for always good football takes and stuff on the Minnesota Vikings. Enjoy him talking about the Vikings because Kirk might not be here next year and then uh, he won't be following the Vikings as closely. So, uh, all right. Thanks again, Joe, for Matt Galvin. I'm Marshall Kellner. Talk to you next time. Bye-bye.